2: Hey, thanks
3: for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find Sports Grid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Folks, what's going on, Grid? This is
4: Sports Grid. Get on the grid. Morning. Wake up. The morning line. Line up, ladies. All right, people. Here we go. It is now a one, two, three. I uh, Wednesday. Yes, it is Wednesday, November the thirteenth. I cannot believe it, two thousand and nineteen. And we got a whole lot going on in the sports universe. Want to welcome you into the grid, sportsgrid.com. Time to get that edge here on the morning line. I'm Joe Ranieri and we'll get you caught up with everything you missed overnight in the world of sports, which was or included 61 college hoops games on the hard court last night. You had uh, eight NBA games, nine NHL games and two. Mac action games, that's right. Mac Football at its best on display last night. Early kickoffs at six and six thirty. So needless to say, if you are a sports investor and you know you are, then yeah, you had your handful last night trying to balance the act between all right, what sports do I follow? What do I watch? What's going on? And if you just threw your hands up in the air, we're like, you know what? I'm not watching a damn thing. I'm just, I'm not going to bother. I'll wake up uh, tomorrow and watch Joe here on the morning line. Well, boom, we've got you covered with everything that happened last night, which will include a number one in college basketball losing again early on in the season. Now, keep in mind, the season is just, guys, one week in, but already some of the blue bloods have been uh, have been knocked down off the perch but if there's one thing that we know about college hoops it ain't even begun to be as crazy as it's going to be come February and oh yeah once the madness starts in March it's going to get real crazy but in the meantime plenty of ways for you guys to be able to profit including if you had hopped on Evansville last night, who knocked off number one Kentucky 67-64, to 64, the Purple Aces. Now, the interesting part about this is this wasn't in Evansville, folks. This was in Rupp Arena. You know how hard it is to win at Rupp Arena? If you are a college basketball team coming in to Kentucky, of all places, to be able to play, John Calipari and company, yeah, it's not easy. In fact, the Purple Aces, even Vegas and the, uh, the books, yeah, you know, they know it ain't easy too. They had him listed as a 25-point underdog last night. That's right, 25-point road underdog. They were a mere 40 to 1 on the money line, plus 4,000. If you guys had uh, dabbled on that, if you guys had called that, congratulations. Uh, but I doubt many of you did as the uh as the books around the country right now are laughing going <laughs> Yeah, most every bet came in on Kentucky in this one, even with the 25-point favorite there. But unbelievable. And you had, and this is one of my craziness, too, there was actually a book that offered that money line, in fact, that they had it, it was 120 to 1. Actually, I'm sorry, it was minus 120,000 on the money line. If you wanted to go ahead and uh, and back that that Kentucky would lose last night, and yeah, no, 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 they did not uh, they did not win. They did lose. They got upset in the worst of ways. I doubt anybody laid the minus one hundred and twenty thousand dollars there. But it wasn't the only interesting game on tap last night. We told you sixty one in college hoops. We also had. Oregon, you guys may remember Oregon from last March Madness. Uh, The team, Cinderella team, nobody really took seriously. And yet, they're stifling defense with Dana Altman and company. A couple of really, really big dudes in the middle who are now playing in the NBA. You may recall these guys were swatting people left and right. They'd win their games by scoring 60 points, and that would be it. And they'd make it very difficult for other teams to be able to score. and they were going up against Penny Hardaway and that Memphis team that has the number one draft pick this year on the team. His name is Weissman. He's also under big scrutiny right now because of the fact that Penny Hardaway a couple of years ago provided this guy a housing and a meal because he wanted him to come to Memphis. Even though Penny Hardaway wasn't the coach of uh, of Memphis at that particular time, you know, the NCAA. That doesn't stop them from sticking their uh, sticking their nose into this kid's business and deciding that he, in fact, shouldn't play anymore because there were violations. But a court disagreed and allowed this kid to be able to continue to play. And Memphis, well, Memphis is at risk of losing the entire season because they continued to allow this kid to play. And unfortunately, it wasn't enough last night. He got into early foul trouble. Number 14 Oregon beat number 13 Memphis, 82 to 74. It was the Phil Knight Invitational. It was at the Moda Center in Portland, and again the Ducks were a four-point favorite in this game as well. They should kind of hometown. It wasn't a home; it was a neutral site. But again, it's Portland people. It wasn't that uh, you know, it's not that far from Eugene. So the uh, the Ducks ended up taking care of it. But the big story, of course, is what's going to happen. To this kid, Wiseman. Now, what are the folks at the NCAA going to do? They are appealing the ruling. They got the restraining order, so now he can he's free to play. And Penny Hardaway has agreed to allow him to play. Now, the best case scenario is that they rescind, they do their due diligence, and they rescind the uh, the ineligibility in which they've given him, and he is free to continue playing throughout the season. Or The NCAA will rule that, no, you broke the rules, and now since you let an ineligible player play in these games right now instead of sitting them out, well, at that particular case, that renders your entire season makes them ineligible for March Madness. So they can't make the tournament if the NCAA rules against their own ruling. So that's what Memphis is looking at. Stack team, loaded team, top 20 team, taking on Oregon at home. Unfortunately, weren't able to get it done. Weissman shined again. Make no mistake about it. This kid is going to be that one name that we told you about to keep an eye on in college hoops, guys. This kid Weisman, he will be the number one draft pick next year, barring any sort of craziness out of anybody else. This kid will absolutely be there Cole Anthony is another kid in North Carolina who's on the hard court here tonight. We'll talk about some of those games uh, coming up. 61 last night. We've only got ah, oh, let me see, one, two, 44 college basketball games tonight, along with seven NBA games and five NHL games, and oh yeah, got a pair of college football games on again. How did that Mac Football Night go last night? It was wild. It was crazy. We'll break it down for you coming up next year on The Grid. It's the morning line, sportsgrid.com. Wow, Jamiroquai here on a uh, on a Wednesday, November the 13th. Thanks for stopping by. I'm Joe Renner. It is the morning line. Time to give you that edge here on sportsgrid.com. And it was a night of headlines last night. Not only were we inundated with games across all the platforms, college football, college basketball, NBA, NFL, uh, not NFL, actually NFL news, but uh, we did get a whole lot of NHL rather. We did get a whole lot of headlines that were breaking late yesterday uh, in just about every sport, including baseball. Uh, and we'll get to some of those headlines uh, coming up in case you missed anything. But the other thing that happened last night, we told you at college football two Mac action games on tap last night. We broke them down both for you here yesterday. Uh, Akron, the Zips, the Akron Zips in uh, MAC action football. Yep, they were. Uh, they. I don't even know why they play, To be completely honest with you, I have no idea. But uh, they were going at it last night. They were going to go ahead and try not to be the single worst team known to mankind in all of football. But the question was, were they going to be able to cover the? the big spread that they were getting. 17 points, in fact, is what they would have been getting last night. And they were the first game. That was a 6 o'clock game. They were taking on Eastern Michigan, who by their own right, uh, they were a 3-4 and team going into that game last night. The Zips were uh, 0-9. What's interesting about the Zips is that they were 0-9 straight up and 0-9 against the number. And there was a bit of a record to be broken because – There had never been a team to start the season 0 10 as far as not only not winning a game, but not covering a game. They've covered no games up until last night. So, getting 17 at home on a primetime game there, would they be able to at least get themselves a cover and not find themselves in the record books for being completely useless? And the answer. Yeah, no. No, no. They uh, they have now set the record themselves as they did score 14 points, which is probably 14 more points than people thought they would. Certainly thought it was worth a shot, taking the 17, 17 and a half, due to the fact that Eastern Michigan's defense is truly terrible. Uh, but the game plan was very strange last night from the very beginning. They were in a snowstorm in Akron, Ohio. Uh, they had some wins going on there, and they kept trying to throw the ball and kept uh, and kept miraculously not completing any passes. What a shock with an 0-9 team. Uh, but Eastern Michigan stuck to what they do well. They completed a few passes, ran the ball very well. They scored seven in the first quarter, 14 in the second. They took a 21-0 lead in the halftime. And again, because of the 17, half points you were getting, You had to go, all right, it's 21-17. We don't need much here. Just need maybe a score or two. Well, I got news for you. Akron did score once in the third, once in the fourth. They scored 14 points in this game. More than enough to cover if Eastern Michigan had stopped playing in the second half and maybe just didn't come out onto the field. Unfortunately, they did. They put up another 14 points in the third, seven more points in the fourth, and altogether, the final score is 42-14. Now. Uh, Let me do the math. One, two. Yeah, Yeah, that's not. uh, You can add 17 more on to Akron. They still did not cover. In fact, the over went flying over. The over kept coming down here because of the weather. 45 and a half is what the closing line number was in this game. And heck, Eastern Michigan scored 42 points themselves. They almost covered it right there. They did chip in Akron. So they did help the over cash last night for you who uh, degenerates like myself that absolutely got sucked into Bet Akron, but there is there is good news at the end of this, and it will be part of our gambling you here. Something happened in this game last night that is certainly worth mentioning, an opportunity for the sports bettors. We'll talk a little bit about that coming up here at, uh, at 6.45 this morning, but The second game was the real interesting game. This was the entertainment of the night, folks. Western Michigan taking on Ohio last night. And Western Michigan and Ohio have been battling now all year long. One of these teams trying to make themselves bowl eligible. They're both trying to make themselves bowl eligible. And, uh, you know, Frank Stolich been around 100 years there in Ohio. Great guy. Great coach. Really trying to put it together here. You got two teams. That plays zero defense, but, man, they average around 35 points a game. These two teams can put up points. They don't often stop anybody from putting up points. That's always been the big problem between these two teams. But they should absolutely be able to put up some points. So you would think. The spread in this game was pretty much it opened up as Western Michigan uh, getting one, uh, laying one rather, then it flipped. Ohio was eventually at home. They were the favorite by the time kickoff happened. They were laying a point to a point and a half, depending on where you were at. The interesting number was the total. The total opened up at 61 and a half, and it was bet up to 63 and a half prior to kickoff. So you had a closing line of 63 and a half, and you had Ohio laying one point. Here's what happened. The first half comes and goes. Remember what I said about these teams playing no defense? Yeah. Well, the first uh, three possessions for Ohio, they went three and out. Uh, Western Michigan didn't have um, didn't have a whole hell of a lot of luck themselves. In fact, this game went into halftime ten nothing. Western Michigan teams that average thirty five points a game who give up an average of thirty points a game, and uh, yeah, ten nothing at half. So those that were holding. Over tickets, and I got it in at 61 and a half earlier in the week, those that were holding the over tickets, uh, you had to look at that game and go, you got to be kidding, right? Like, you know, now all of a sudden they're going to play their best defensive game of the year. They're going to shut down, look like the 85 Bears. That's what it looked like. And then reality set in for both of these teams. How do I say this here? Uh, Those of you that shut off the game like yours truly because you figured, okay, that's a a loss right there. Ain't no way they're going to score over 60 points here. They got 10. They're going to score 50 points in the second half. They can't even move the ball. Well, let's see. West Michigan scored seven more in the third, but Ohio finally got on the board. They scored two touchdowns. They scored 14 and then literally all hell broke loose in the fourth quarter. You had 14 more points scored by Western Michigan, and with about 10 seconds left on the clock from inside the five-yard line, Ohio had a chance to tie the game up. They needed a touchdown, and if they did tie it up and they did get the touchdown, not only would they possibly be sending this to overtime, but they would also send it over the number what happens beautiful pass in the end zone as usual no no defense for western michigan all in all guys they scored 10 uh they scored 10 points there in the first half uh yeah they scored 52 points in the second half combined 14 for ohio in the third 17 in the fourth you had 21 points for uh, western michigan 31 for ohio and oh yeah guys they went to overtime. And how did that look? Well, Ohio kicks a field goal. The first possession that Western Michigan gets, they run it in for a touchdown. Why? No defense. And that's how it ended. 37-34. Unbelievable game. Those that backed Ohio, unfortunately, they were a one-point favorite here, but they did not cover at home. Frank Stolich losing back-to-back games here. Now, all of a sudden, the possibility of a bowl looking very grim there. For Ohio but Western Michigan great win but more importantly the reality of what these two teams are in the second half kicked in big time can you imagine how many points they would have scored if they played like that in the first half oh my word welcome in to Mac action football on a Tuesday night the good news we've got two more games tonight yes we got two more games tonight just like this one We'll set them up for you. We'll give you the numbers. Plus, college football committee met last night. Who are the top four teams in the country? We'll lay that out for you, too, as well as we come back here on the grid. SportsGrid.com It's the morning line. So don't uh, forget, find us on YouTube, Sports Grid Network, all the fantasy and sports wagering advice, all the time that you need also on Instagram at TV. And tonight we told you 44 college basketball games, uh, five NHL games, six NBA games, and oh yeah, two more football games that it might be time for you to put. Your money, where your mouth is. Here, take a shot. Open up a sports wagering account. Do it with FanDuel. It's New Jersey's largest sports book. If you head over to FanDuel.com forward slash grid, you can receive a free bet of up to 500 bucks tonight. That's right, a free bet up to $500. Simply opening up a sports wagering account at FanDuel.com forward slash grid will get you that free money. That's right. Point spreads, game totals, props, parlays, in-game wagering, college of pro sports. You guys are definitely in control. Just head over to fanduel.com forward slash grid, open your new account, and claim your free wager of up to $500 today. All right, welcome in here. Time to get that edge going for you. Uh, And, well, get on the grid here, folks. Sportsgrid.com. Thanks for stopping by. It is the morning line. I'm Joe Ranieri. And let's take a look now at the second. That is right, the second. Playoff committee meeting and release of the playoff rankings. It happened last night. And quite honestly, not that shocking, but maybe the biggest controversy from the release last night is, and you guessed it, what a shock, where Alabama is. Yes, where Alabama is. It's always seems to be centered around where Alabama is. Uh, and quite honestly, I think maybe the biggest winner last night was Alabama, even though they dropped out of the top four, but remained in the top six. That's right. They finished actually fifth last night, if you can believe it. Here is what it looks like last night when they released the, uh, the rankings. You've got LSU number one should not be a surprise at nine and zero. Oh. As they went into Tuscaloosa and took down Alabama, who was previously the number three team in the first poll, in the first rankings. You had LSU two, Alabama three. They played each other. LSU wins, although narrowly, they still won on the road. That's good for being the number one team in the country. Alabama, with that loss, still ahead of anything the Pac-12 has to offer, which is two teams with one loss both Oregon and Utah Ohio State drops the number two after being number one last week Clemson who let's face it they're not really who are they playing nobody uh but they uh they put up a 70 burger there somewhere along the lines on uh on Maryland over the weekend so they are certainly not uh, uh or I was Ohio State rather put up the 70 burger there but Clemson is uh, the remaining schedule for them is kind of putrid, guys. Uh, they are the only team, by the way, now in the top 25 in the country. Wake Forest was in there, but Wake Forest lost last weekend. So now Clemson is the lone representative of the ACC, 10-0. And there it is, another SEC team, Georgia, coming in at 8-1. and And that, ladies and gentlemen, is where some people seem to be focusing their attention, or at least where the most controversy is happening, because let us not forget, Minnesota. Yeah, remember they were uh, 17 uh, last week, and they were taking on their good friends over at Penn State. Not really, but they were at home taking on Penn State. And yeah, we were all going, you know, Penn State, they were the number four team. In this ranking last week, Minnesota was 17. If Minnesota could somehow beat Penn State, a top-four-ranked team, then they'd have to be considered undefeated coming out of the Big Ten. They'd have to be somewhere near the top five or six, right? Well, no. They beat Penn State uh, last weekend, of course, 31-26. to Uh, But they did jump significantly. In fact, they jumped the most that we have ever seen any team jump in the playoff era. And they went from number 17, guys, they jumped all the way up to number eight. So that's one, two, that's nine spots, guys. We've never seen a team jump nine spots like this before during the playoff committee era here. And with that 31-26 win, they certainly obviously improved in the eyes of the committee. The problem with Minnesota will continue to be they've played absolutely one of the easiest schedules in the country for a Big Ten team. They haven't played anybody. Their only win right now of any significance, of course, is over Penn State, who many people thought was a bit overrated to begin with. Uh, But they are still out of the playoff conversation at this point. They've got two Pac-12 teams ahead of them in Utah and Oregon. They also have Alabama in front of them. So not a whole lot of love given to Minnesota, at least those that are backing the Gophers. That's the narrative they want you to believe. But the truth is nobody's ever jumped from 17 to eight like this in the, in the playoff era. So Uh, The Nittany Lions, they fell from number four to number nine. They are just ahead of Oklahoma, who dropped a spot after nearly collapsing against Iowa State at home. Don't forget, they were a 14-and-a-half point favorite at Iowa State, and they won 42-41. to They, They almost threw up all over themselves there. But you've got losses by Alabama and Penn State that pushed Clemson, who was just outside the top four there last week. They came in at number five. They are now number three. And then Georgia sitting at number four. And, of course, people are going to bitch and moan, go, why Georgia? They lost to an unranked South Carolina team at home. Like, how could you? Well, this is why, and it's pretty simple, guys. This is what happens when you schedule tough games. And when your schedule and your wins include Ws against two of the top 25 teams in the country, two of the ranked teams in the country, you are going to get the benefit of the doubt. And they should, because you're not playing cupcakes. You're playing teams like Notre Dame. You're playing in the toughest conference in the country, in the SEC. So it doesn't surprise me. In fact, we had talked about it yesterday. I Georgia, the good thing about Georgia and Bulldog fans are very simply, guys, if they win out, they control their own destiny. That's it. They control their own destiny. There is no way that the committee is going to leave out a 12-1 SEC champion, which is what Georgia is in line for. Everybody they have to play, everybody they have to beat in order to secure a berth in the playoff is right in front of them. And that will include, in all likelihood, taking on an LSU team for the SEC championship. So, it really doesn't make a, a bit of difference if Georgia's four, five, six, seven. It doesn't make a difference. You win the SEC championship, you're a one loss team, you are in the college football playoff. That is just a fact of life, guys. That's a reality of what's going on. Now, granted, that South Carolina loss was ugly. But really, it just doesn't matter because they have the opportunity to go ahead and win out. They control their own destiny. That's, that's exactly what it's all about. So Minnesota, they kind of have the same situation here. They have an opportunity to, at some particular point, play for a Big Ten championship. If Minnesota goes undefeated, wins a Big Ten championship, that means at some point they're going to have to beat Ohio State. Well, then you're in, too. The only team here, honestly, that doesn't control their own destiny at this point is Alabama, and the Pac-12 is just going to devour themselves because at some point Oregon and Utah, one of those two teams, is going to have one loss. Oklahoma keeps shooting itself in the foot, so Oklahoma is another team that's going to need some help. If they win out, that would include having to beat Baylor this weekend. Baylor's undefeated. Baylor, if they beat, uh, if Baylor beats Oklahoma this weekend, they're going to have to play Oklahoma in all likelihood in a Big 12 championship again. So Baylor would have to beat Oklahoma twice in order to be uh, in the conversation. Not likely going to happen. What's going to happen and what's likely to happen is that Ohio State will win out. They will remain in the top four. LSU will win out. They will remain in the top four. Ah, uh, Clemson. Let's be realistic. Who who is going to beat Clemson here, guys, in the ACC? They're the only ranked ACC team in the country. Clemson absolutely will be in the top three or four. And really, to me, it's just LSU, Ohio State, Clemson will remain like this probably throughout the voting period by this committee. I think what happens with number four will dictate it. Will be dictated by what Georgia does if Georgia. Wins out and wins the SEC championship. Guys, it's over. They're in. Doesn't make a difference what happens with Oregon, Utah, or anybody else. Uh, they are going to be in even if you have an undefeated Minnesota team. Even if you have a undefeated Baylor team, guys. I Yeah, no. Georgia is going to be in if they finish 12-1 and win the SEC championship. So while it's nice to talk and scream and yell, and uh, and I'm sure coaches and P.J. Fleck and company in Minnesota will use this as motivation, saying they don't take us seriously, yada, yada, yada. Well, listen, you guys have the opportunity to prove your worth. Win the Big Ten championship, and we'll have a conversation. I mean, that's ultimately it. But in all likelihood, Ohio State's going to win out. Clemson's going to win out. LSU, in all likelihood, their next toughest game going to be against Georgia in the SEC championship. And that should be a very, very interesting game. But that's what it happened at last night. The big question, of course, is what's going to happen with Alabama. Well, Alabama can, in fact, still, there is a path for them to remain in the top four, just like they did a couple of years ago. Remember, they weren't in the SEC championship game. They were a two-loss team. They still put them in the top four at the end when it was all said and done. And, oh, yeah, they won the national championship going to be the same argument for alabama this year if it gets to that point so welcome to college football all right we'll take a look at these games coming up here tonight we'll do that next on the morning line sportsgrid.com DailyRodo.com. learn from the game's best dfs players we don't just give you premier advice we play every day All right, let's get on the grid here. SportsGrid.com It's The Morning Line. I'm Joe Ranieri. Thanks, guys, for waking up on this Wednesday with us as we get ready for another action-packed night of sports investing, uh, one that will include uh, 44 games in college hoops. Ah, uh, backing up a night in which we had 61 games last night, and of course the biggest story coming out of college basketball. If you're just waking up and you had actually taken Evansville to beat Kentucky in Kentucky at Rupp Arena, congratulations! You are uh, you are your bankroll is a hell of a lot bigger than it was uh, last night when you went to sleep. Kentucky loses. Number one Kentucky loses, 67 to 64. The Purple Aces of Evansville. 25-point dogs, guys, plus uh, they were 40-to-1 on the money line. In fact, there were some books, I believe, that were offering a money line as an upset somewhere around the minus 120,000 on the uh, the ML there for Kentucky, and that just, yeah, I'm not sure a lot of people took that bet, but Kentucky got to pick up the pieces and move on. It is a long season in college basketball after all, but we do have, A whole lot of games here tonight. 44 college basketball games, seven NBA games. And in the NBA last night, the favorites and the dogs split right down the middle, guys. Four and four against the number. But we did have a couple of outright upsets last night where I don't think a lot of people saw this coming. The Atlanta Hawks went into Denver and took down the Nuggets. The Hawks were getting ten and a half points as a closing line in this game. The Denver Nuggets have been just a juggernaut at home there. And unfortunately, they ran into Trey Young and company there in uh, in Atlanta, and they weren't nearly as impressed as they took down the uh, the Denver Nuggets, winning outright, didn't need the 10.5 points. And the Sacramento Kings, who just uh, got news yesterday, DeAndre Fox uh, is out, one of their best players. Sacramento uh, having to go against a Portland Trailblazers team now that, you know, they've got a few guys in the backcourt there that can score points, and they've got nobody to cover them. So you're only laying two points with the Portland Trailblazers on the road in Sacramento. And, yeah, turned out to be two points too many because the Kings won outright last night, taking down the Portland Trailblazers. A lot of head scratching going on in Portland right now, but it is a long season. The Cavs also getting 11 points along with the Brooklyn Nets getting six and a half. They covered while losing, but you did have the Pacers who were laying one and a half. They won outright. They covered. The Miami Heat were laying eight and a half against Detroit at home. They won outright and covered. The Bulls, yeah, the Bulls taking on the Knicks. They were laying six and a half. They took down the the New York Knicks last night. What a shock there. The Knicks lost a game, huh? And, of course, the Lakers. This was a game a lot of people were looking at last night. Lakers on the road in Phoenix. Would Phoenix be able to take them down? Phoenix was uh, the Lakers were only a three and a half point favorite, road favorite in this, and yeah, they did. They they won outright there. They won by uh, almost double digits there. The Lakers take down the Phoenix Suns by five, I think. And uh, congratulations to LeBron and company. It's the best start in Lakers uh, history since uh, well, I wouldn't say history, but I would say in the immediate history. I think since 2011. This uh, eight and two start here is the best that the Lakers have had since the Kobe days, but they also covered, which is even more importantly. The overs hit last night, five and three. And one other side note by the way, on college basketball. We had mentioned to you earlier in the year that the three point line has been moved in college basketball. It was something we wanted to monitor especially in the early on in the season to figure out if that was something we should be aware of. Is it going to affect scoring? Is it not going to affect scoring? Well, I can tell you this early on in the season uh, right now, we've got about, uh, I believe, 62% of the totals have gone under thus far in college hoops through one week. So we will continue to monitor that for you to see if this trend continues with the unders. Now, again, it could be, defense always, uh, defense will always ring true there early on in a season. Teams have to get adjusted to new coaches, to new systems, new players. So often scoring uh, offensive, uh, the offensive boards, the offensive scoring, not where it's going to be in, let's say, 30 to 45 days. Defense is all about effort. So if you, uh, if you can play de- defense, chances are you're going to be competitive in games. But Uh, We will monitor to see if that three-point line being moved back in college, we'll see if the unders continue to reign true. But right now, uh, over 60% of the totals thus far through the season have been unders in college basketball. And of course, that's the kind of information you're going to want to keep it here on the grid. Get that edge on sportsgrid.com. We will continue to talk about that as the season progresses. Now, tonight's Man, you thought those games last night was fun, huh? Wow, was it fun. Well, tonight we got a couple of more games for you. Uh, tonight, the uh, NIU, that's right, Northern Illinois University. More MAC action. Taking on Toledo tonight. Uh, NIU opened up as a two-point dog in this on the road. It has now been pushed up to two and a half in this matchup. Taking on the Toledo team. I, You know, Toledo's actually been a really really good team but believe this guys niu only 24 percent of the tickets thus far being written on niu but 60 percent of the money so it's uh it's quite obvious where the professionals and the sharp betters are looking in this football game tonight we'll have more on this coming up uh, next hour there as we look to make it rain for you but niu right now seems to be the uh the 24% reverse line movement, 24% of the bets, 60% of the money coming up on NIU as they take on Toledo tonight. And Bowling Green, Bowling Green is a team like Akron, guys. They are, uh, how do I put, Crap. Yes, that was a good word. Yes. Uh, and everything that comes along with that word, all that feelings and emotions that are running through you when you hear crap, that's Bowling Green football for you. And they are. Well, they opened up as an 18 and a half point road dog in this one, taking on Miami of Ohio. who just had a big win last week against Ohio uh, last, I believe, Wednesday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night. They'll have an opportunity to keep it rolling here against a Bowling Green team. It has moved, though. It has moved uh, towards uh, Bowling Green. uh, 18 and a half is now 17 and a half. And again, 34 percent of the tickets being written on Bowling Green. But 69% of the money is coming in on Bowling Green, so somebody's taking, somebody's betting some uh, some bucks here on Bowling Green to be able to cover this game, as they are NIU to remain competitive tonight. Both of those teams representing some uh, some very interesting line movement and divvying up of the money, where both are going to receive less than it looks like less than 35% of the money. 35 uh, percent of the tickets but they uh, are over 60 percent of the money in both of these situations so we'll break these games down uh coming up but there was a situation last night that I wanted to uh, make a uh, gambling you reference to because I think it's a uh, it's a good point last night a couple of things had happened that we should remind you about when it comes to the ability to either live bet or take into consideration second half wagering. And the reason that that is important, and no matter what you are betting, guys, we tell you all the time, have a blueprint, have a plan, right? Never just blindly throw money down on a game without having an understanding in your head. All right, what do I see this game doing? How do I see this game playing? Now you had two football games last night. One where you had a, a winless team who doesn't score a whole lot of points. They were getting 17 points in at home in what was going to be a the weather not great, shall we say. There was a, the weather was going to be in the 20s, there was going to be snow and a blizzard and everything else. And you had a team getting 17 points. Now, you had a feeling they weren't going to score an awful lot of points. But you looked at that game and you had to say The idea is maybe, just maybe, they can, because of the weather and because of the elements that maybe, just maybe, they should, if they can score 10 points, 17 points, it's going to be difficult for Eastern Michigan to score as well. And if you're backing, and that's how I laid it out last night here on the show for you, and then when I started watching the game. And I thought there would be a lot more running involved in the game plan, and it was quite obvious as I'm watching that game through the first half, and it was 21. nothing, yeah, this was not going to uh, this was not going to go Akron's way. So when the second half line came out, and and for those of you guys that don't understand, second half wagering is nothing to do with the full game. The second half line comes out in college football in the NFL, and it only Covers the second half of the game, so the third and fourth quarter, that has nothing to do with the outcome of the game. Those full game bets uh, that you guys uh, have done ahead, no matter you pick a side, you pick a total for the full game, the second half wagering only comes out within that ten minute period between you know halftime and the start of the third quarter. That line came out where they were only laying seven Eastern Michigan, and the total was 20, 20 and a half was it out. So having watched that game, guys, and knowing that I have a bet on Akron full game at the 17 points, it became very apparent to me that, number one, yeah, the, that, that bet was in jeopardy. There was probably not a really good shot of Akron scoring enough points to be able to cover the 17. However, what I did see is that Eastern Michigan was having a much easier time covering or scoring rather and moving the football than I thought they would, and so only to lay seven points when they're up 21 nothing in the second half. It was a it was an easy bet. So was the over because they had actually left a touchdown. They had left about 10 points on the field in the first half. So I knew the 20 total. The uh, the 20 point total was. That was in jeopardy, too, because they were certainly going to be capable of scoring three touchdowns without Akron scoring anything. So you had an opportunity last night to go into that game, have an understanding of any game. You can look at it and go, here's my full game bet. This is what I think is going to happen. When you watch the game, guys, and you say, "Whoa, I was way off here. Take a look at the second-half lines and see if they make any sense to you. Do they fit into your narrative like that second game did last night between Western Michigan and, and uh, Ohio? Because the result, oh, remember we told you the total was 63. They only scored 10 points in the first half. The second-half line came out, and it was the total was 28. So if you believe that the defenses were going to fall apart, that this was just an average, you had an opportunity to capitalize in the second half. But you have to have a game plan going in because those, secondhand, uh, those second hand those 2nd half lines come out. They provide you guys value and opportunity to take advantage of what might be just a crazy first half. There's no way these two high-potent offenses that average 35 points a game, there's no way they can just score 10 points and a half. Like, they were going to score. So if you stick to that plan and you understand and you do your homework ahead of time, when you watch the games, guys, much like we talk about in-game wagering, second-half wagering allows you also to take advantage of some crazy numbers that don't or do fit into the narrative that you thought was for the whole game. There was plenty of value to be made uh, last night in those two football games, like I anticipate there will be tonight, in the second half lines. Watch it tonight. Watch these two football games tonight. Have a game plan, and then watch what the second half line comes out and see if you can't spot the value in either the total or the side. And I bet you you will, guys, especially in these MAC action football games. We'll break down those games, though, coming up here as we look to make it rain on the morning line. Good luck no matter what you do. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.
3: Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS Lineup Optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount.
1: Anyone can win. Relationships matter. And only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: I overslept. Look, I need your help. Here's what you
4: missed on the morning line. Go! Ohio State drops to number two after being number one last week. Clemson, who let's face it, they're not really who are they playing nobody. Uh but they uh they put up a 70 burger there somewhere along the lines on uh, on Maryland over the weekend. So they are certainly not uh, uh or I was Ohio State rather put up the 70 burger there, but Clemson is uh the remaining schedule for them is kind of putrid guys. Uh they are the only team by the way now in the top 25 in the country. Wake Forest was in there, but Wake Forest lost last weekend, so now Clemson is the lone representative of the ACC, 10-0, and, and there it is, another SEC team, Georgia, coming in at 8-1, and 1. and that, ladies and gentlemen, is where some people seem to be focusing their attention, or at least where the most controversy is happening, because let us not forget, Minnesota, yeah, remember they were uh, 17 uh, last week, and they were taking on they're good friends over at Penn State. Not really, but they were at home taking on Penn State. And yeah, we were all going, you know, Penn State, they were the number four team in this ranking last week. Minnesota was 17. If Minnesota could somehow beat Penn State, a top four ranked team, then they'd have to be considered undefeated coming out of the Big Ten. They'd have to be somewhere near the top five or six, right? Well, yeah, no, they beat. Penn State uh, last weekend, of course, 31 to 26, Uh, but they did jump significantly. In fact, they jumped the most that we have ever seen any team jump in the playoff era, and they went from number 17, guys. They jumped all the way up to number eight, so that's one, two. That's nine spots, guys. We've never seen a team jump nine spots like this before during the playoff committee era here. And with that 31-26 win, they certainly obviously improved in the eyes of the committee. The problem with Minnesota will continue to be they've played absolutely one of the easiest schedules in the country for a Big Ten team. They haven't played anybody. Their only win right now of any significance, of course, is over Penn State who many people thought was a bit overrated to begin with. Uh, But they are still out of the playoff conversation at this point. They've got two Pac-12 teams ahead of them in Utah and Oregon. They also have Alabama in front of them. So not a whole lot of love given to Minnesota, at least those that are backing the Gophers. That's the narrative they want you to believe. But the truth is nobody's ever jumped from 17 to 8 like this in in the playoff.